Earth. Fire. Air. Water. Near the end of spring, our co-founder of Urban Picks, Avatar Rents, told us the story of how he and his friends entertainingly discussed the ending of the Hundred Year War. Avatar Rents and Earth King Ian transformed their discussion of a popular fandom into truly universal. A podcast where Catholics and nerds from all over the world could gather and listen together in peace and harmony. Avatar Rents accomplished many remarkable things in the previous Avatar episode, but sadly, his time hosting Avatar discussions came to an end. He's not dead, but unlike the cycle of the seasons, the cycle of analyzing Avatar began anew. This is Truly Universal. where we discuss all things Catholic in another universe. Hi, everybody. And yes, sadly, we don't have Avatar events here tonight, but we have a new cast to talk about this week's uh, topic. We're diving into The Legend of Korra, which just dropped on Netflix a couple weeks ago. I know a bunch of us are still on the Avatar hype. So we wanted to watch this um, series through again and then just talk about it from the Catholic and nerdy perspectives that we can. So I got um, Matt here. Hi, I Matt. Yes. And we have Ian. Aloha. Aloha, yes. We also have Sarah back for round What's two. What's up, everyone? Yes. And we have a new face, you may remember his voice from Famine Fed, giving those wonderful intros to Father Raj Nathisi's podcast. So I'd like to introduce Aaron. Hey, what's up, guys? Yes. <laughs> Glad to be on this podcast even before going on Famine Fed, but it's fine. Glad to be here. <laughs> oh, shots fired. All right. Okay. He's a big Avatar fan after all. Sorry, I I know this is a tangent already, not that far into the episode, but my favorite intro that you did for Famine Fed Uh is the one for the uh, the Hawaiian episode. (laughs) Where's the loco moco? (laughs) Oh no, it's my favorite. Was he talking pigeon? Is that what what it is? You were talking pigeon? At my kind attempt at it. You You were kind of read on the Ono Kind Grinds, bro. So yeah, if you guys haven't checked out Famine Fed, watch it because it's a great podcast and it's all listen about food it. and who doesn't like food yes listen to the podcast let's just get right into it let's just go around the horn and if you guys could be in a pro bending um game mm. which element would you be bending and what would be the name of your team see i had a very different answer when uh, i first read the question uh, like maybe three days ago. But then earlier today, 
I realized that there was a quiz. So I took that. It took much longer than anticipated. It started off dumb, but then ended with questions that really kind of hurt me. Um, like, <laughs> oh. inside, like, wow, some of these questions don't make sense, but they have me really thinking hard. And it ended up with me being the element that is not present in the Pro Bending League, which is air. Um, hence why, like, on the um, squad cast uh, image thing, like, I, I made my name air on uh, just because, like, I got that element. Uh, but I really would have liked, not because it's the element I I see myself being, but I wouldn't mind being like either water or a firebender, just so then I could have the name uh, Shabu Pabu's, named after the fire ferret. Um, <laughs> I'm so mad. Oh, nice. I'm mad. And it's hot water, wow. baby. Like no. because they they typically name it right after like like some form of adjective and then animal. So I'm, I'm going to go specific Gosh. and pick the legendary uh, fire ferret at this point, Pabu himself. So, you know, Shabu Pabus. Either that or pay homage to Bosco the bear from the Earth Kingdom. And uh, because I was craving tacos, we'd be the Bosco tacos. <laughs> the Boscos? <laughs> mm, man, he already yeah. took... That was really good. I know. Yeah. I don't want to say mine. Mine's so wretched. <laughs> no, please. You messed it up yourself. I know. Okay, Sarah, surprisingly, yeah. surprisingly, I would want to be an earthbender because those, I don't know how you call it, those little shekels, those, I don't, what are those? Discs? Sorry. I guess they're just those discs. discs. I don't know if they have an official name. I think they called them discs. Yeah, but those discs. You say shekel? That's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> I don't think that's a, that's a, that's a coin. Anyway. Yeah, no. I'll go by that money. Yeah. Hey, Ethan, shut it down. Okay, but anyway, um, those discs, I would love to throw those. But I think that's also out of my element because before I used to be an earth slash waterbender, but, or no, sorry, oh, a so water slash fire. But yeah, earth would be nice. Um, and then you can metal bend with that. That's another thing. Anyway, but um, I thought about my name. I was going to think, I was thinking about neck snatchers. Don't. <laughs> oh, wow. Don't judge me, okay? But that would be my signature move. When your neck snatches, and that's when you go to the next zone and the next zone, and then you're just out. So yeah, neck snatchers. The next zone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The next zone. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. Um, but now I feel hella dumb listening to Aaron's um name because yeah, neck snatchers and your name sounds way better. So I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> yeah. So Ian. But- well, hmm. uh, Earth, I mean, just because I'm bringing it back to the last Avatar episode. Um, and then, well, because I like the, just the regular bear that, you know, I, I love Bosco. But uh, it's, I, it's, it's for an animal, right? So I think... Um, I, I, they have to rhyme, right? Don't they rhyme? Do they rhyme? I no, can't remember. Really, there's um, some alliteration that goes on with Asian animals from Avatar. Yeah, Appa is like. Um, correct me if I'm wrong again. Mm-hmm. Uh, air buffalo, air bison, flying bison, bison. Flying, flying bison. bison. Yep. I don't know why I thought buffalo. I'm. I have too many things in my head. Today. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, I'll call them the M bisons. <laughs> like street fighter, it's like street fighter. Yeah, and then it would Does be the M start stand for Mike. Yeah. 
yeah, sure. Yeah. Mike yeah, yeah, Tyson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the power of St. Michael. Yeah. Uh, and the punching power of Mike Tyson. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Mike Bison. the boxing gloves or do you give him the dictator's hat? <laughs> oh, you got to go dictator's hat. You got to go to like... <laughs> You know, we'll have plenty of opportunity to talk about dictators. In the- well, you know, if, if ever we go into video games, like the video game universe, that would be that'd be interesting. Top of we are not close. Raul Julia playing M. Bison. Uh, video game universe. Uh, I think for me, uh, I was actually going to say, but Aaron already said, I was going to say Air. I know Air is not in pro vending, but I would have always kind of like wanted to be an airbender. Just because I always just found the like like Rance described on the previous episode, I feel like I'm a very sort of kind of non-confrontational person, and I kind of just kind of go with things. And I don't know. I think air would be kind of cool because it would be like unlike firebending and earthbending. Like I imagine air would be also like uh, waterbending, where you could actually score headshots. Which mm. that is my very selfish reason for wanting to do airs, and I could just like hit people in the face. <laughs> All right. All right. Whenever we would do, uh, what do you call it? Taekwondo. Me and my brother did Taekwondo for like, uh, I don't know, almost like a decade. Nice. And like, you could do, like, could you score? You can score headshots in. Uh, if you were a high school or above, yes. Yes. If you were a high school or above, you could score a headshot, but you can't use your fist. You can only use your foot. Yep. So big people would go for it in sparring. So you have to do like a five forty roundhouse or something. Yep. Or, or a like hook a jump kick. spin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. Are you okay? Um so when I I took the quiz that Aaron took and I <laughs> here, here's the weird thing. Like normal, like personality rise, I act like an airbender. But mm. the I try to avoid like conflict stuff. But then when I play like video games and stuff. Or like instead of like competition, I'm super aggressive. <laughs> Absolutely, match for this. So I like even when I was like playing like ma- like learning how to play ma- uh, magic for the first time, Magic Gathering. Mm. I would play with I would use like red the the, the fire decks the 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 red colors. Oh, super aggressive, yeah. Yes. yeah. So when I ended up taking the test, it said I was a waterbender. It was because that I kept flip-flopping between those two. Between water and fire? So they, with fire and air. Oh, like fire. non-confrontational oh, or spell-confrontational. Okay. So it was just like wow. the middle ground like, is water. So you ended up as steam. So the middle between air and fire is water, is what you're telling me. Apparently. So okay. it's like, yeah, I understand the water vapor. Yeah, Katara was always in the middle between Aang and Zuko. And all their wow. Wow. That really well. sense. Um, yeah. Can I tell anyway. a story? I, I, yeah. Okay. You can decide later if you would like this cut out. But like, uh, to to, uh, to uh, reinforce the idea that my brother likes to be aggressive in uh, competitions, there's a story of me and my brother were in our, like, Young adult ministry. Oh yeah, and we had tag. we had like a laser tag day, and my brother got oh, so no. competitive to the point where he actually pistol whipped one of our other young adults <laughs> because he was that. What? He was that what? determined to win. You wait like on the sensor, like, like you he was so immersed the in the game that it was just warfare in that moment. Why yes. are you so close to this person? 
Oh yeah, that was, a, that was quite a story. This is why we can never go to the play laser tag as a group anymore. Oh god! And then we stopped doing fun days as a laser tag. No, no. Remember that time we went to karaoke, and then one of our friends was singing Yellow Card, and then they fell. <laughs> they, they went so hard. They fell. Yes, that's the other reason why. Yep. This is why we can't have fun things. Yep. So. Well. Tangent. Wait, don't you love the tangent? Oh, what was the? Oh, the other question was, what was the name of the team? Oh, I would like. So the the scariest thing that I remember seeing from Avatar were those vulture bees. So we oh, need to yell. Yeah. F them. Yeah. Yeah. They took like two of the worst things. Oh <laughs> <laughs> were the wasps? I don't know. I don't know. Vulture but wasps. There you I go. wasn't about it. What's worse, Bo? What's worse, a wasp or a bee? Both. I'm allergic to bees, but I don't like either, so keep them away. <laughs> none of that. None of that. Especially since you're in the like the middle of the desert, and you know you could die of heat exhaustion at any time, and then they're just circling you. Mm. And no. are they going to sting you first, or are they just going to eat you? Oh, I thought of mine. Okay, uh, my team would be the the lion lambs. No, the lamb lions, because it's the lamb lion from the episode. Nice. There you go. There's the uh, hybrid animal that we we Raw need to. <laughs> we need to uh, wrap in the avatar world. Was that Zootopia? Was that Zootopia? Anyway, sorry. Oh, that's not Zootopia, right? Yeah, that's yeah, good. I thought it was. Yeah, what, what animal would Jesus about be? Both, actually, yeah, 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 chimera. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they said Edward. I think it got its oh, name no. in Zootopia, though. Y'all named it? <laughs> yes. Yes, we oh. did. Because I think we were trying to figure out which animal would Jesus be. Yep. Animal, in right, both. Right. Why not both? Oh, wait, no, that's Animal Crossing. I think it's Animal Crossing. <laughs> Wasn't that something else? Okay, there's, no, we're getting two in the weeds now. <laughs> Anyways, back to Avatar. Anyways, all right. So, um... Yeah, well, what were you guys' reactions watching uh, Legend of Korra for the first time after, mm-hmm. like, being so passionate about watching Avatar? Like, you're, you're just rolling off the hype, and then you realize, oh, there's a new series coming out. And then how, how has that changed since what, re-watching the series? And, like, what stood out to you then? I mean, I was open to the expansion. I, I, I don't know. Like, I much prefer... Avatar The Last Airbender's um, whimsy. There's more whimsicalness. I mean, yes, there was humor in uh, Korra, but things were getting really serious. But I do enjoy the themes, like the themes of right, right. kind of um, the different ways of uh, governance. I know that you kind of brought that up earlier in earlier discussions. It's like different ways that we can look at, in a sense, politics, mm. um, which is, I think, is really appropriate for nowadays to think about uh, and also kind of starting to think, well, now I, I'm looking at it again and I'm like, wow, we're in like late stage capitalism. Like what, what does that look like for us? Um, Derek. I love Eric. He's funny. I don't want to. Anyway. Uh, so yeah. So it's, um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm going to say it right now that I prefer the first one. What? But that's just, I'm sorry. Like I just 
I think a lot of people feel that way. I'm not mad at that at all. When I I first watched it, I thought I was going to like it so much. And then it it was weird. It's like, it felt like it was like almost (laughs) just like a fanfic made in the same universe than like a true sequel. Mm -hmm. Because there was Mm. like so many things that were like, you're, you'd see like homages to like the previous seasons, but then just because of the like approach to the story and like the way that the villains were, it, it made it like felt like it was like completely different. Yeah, right. I think oh. I'm in the same boat about like feeling like uh, I like Korra. Like I genuinely think it's an enjoyable show. I know some people who watch ALTA and then watch Korra, and they absolutely do not like Korra. And- in any respect and have no intention to rewatch it. Oh, but wow. like, I don't know, like I enjoy the show. And I also sort of like, I feel it's like, it's worth stating. Like the show had a very different kind of production. Yes. Than mm-hmm. LTA did because like originally Nickelodeon only asked for one season. Oh. So they completely wrote one season thinking that it was going to completely wrap up. And right, midway thanks. through it airing mm-hmm. and it its production being done, <laughs> they changed their minds. Nickelodeon changed their minds and said, we want three more seasons. So they scrambled to write three more seasons while it was already... like. Usually you have like several months before the show comes out and then you're like, you've already prepared everything. But it's like, oh, you have to scramble to write while the show is airing. That way this product by the time the season one ends. <laughs> so, that, so they so, knew they wanted four seasons by the end of it? Well, they knew they wanted four seasons by like in the middle of season one. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And in season one, that's why like season two, a lot of people kind of like felt like season two's writing took a while to get its footing because right. like, <laughs> they were trying to figure yeah. out how to bridge mm-hmm. a yeah. finished product with a continuation. Mm-hmm. All right, that. All right, and I'll be then, kinder. Uh, I think it's also like. I don't know if you guys remember, but like uh, Korra season four did not air on television. It was taken off the air and then it was only airing online because they decided they didn't want it on the network anymore. So not only, so it was also due to the fact that season four got its Mm. budget slashed. That's crazy. It's also like. So did, did four never appear on TV? Uh, I don't they know. Started, was it there and they took it, it down? They started and then, like, at least a few episodes through, they they said it's online exclusive. Oh, it's online now. That makes oh, a lot okay. of sense. What? So, never even. Okay. So, okay. it ended. It started on TV, ended um, online. As online. Yeah. And Steve. even from the very beginning, Nickelodeon did not want two things. They did not want the character of this season to be a woman. Mm. And they did not want this character to be a woman of color. So they like had to fight for those things I from see. the very beginning. So like oh, a big Disney. Seriously. Wow. So at the same time, like I do think the writing isn't strong, but also I'm just like, I understand that like there's a lot of things that were working against it. But I also think given what they were given, there are many things that they still wrote poorly. I think like the yeah, Mako right. thing is like one of the worst things to me in the entire as whole treatment of Koran Asabi and the whole live triangle thing. I can want to circle back though. I'm, when I said earlier that I prefer the first one, that doesn't mean I didn't like Korra. Right. But uh, yeah, I just, uh, in comparison, uh, yeah. I, I do appreciate, 
I really like the steampunk aesthetic. That's just I, oh, I love, I love that. I love that. I don't watch anything steampunk. So, I don't know what that is. Oh, I, like, like steam engines and like yeah. um, kind of oh, just technology with like yeah, yeah, yeah. So full male alchemist. Early tech. Yeah, for sure. Because it's based on like in the US when we were or like any country when we were using all of the steam technology. It's fictional versions of that technology, like if it were like a robot. Powered mm. by steam, or like ah, a flying okay, airship okay. powered by steam. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Now I know the term. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, I, I never also... finished Korra. Um, I I never gave I never fully gave it a shot until it came on Netflix. Just because I remember when it first aired on Nickelodeon, I watched like the first few episodes, and I thought I watched like the whole first season apparently i only watched like the first three episodes uh but it was also in the time of my life that i was just a little busier and when uh i was thinking about like giving it another shot watching it again i asked my friends that i trusted and they're like ah we ain't liking as much maybe we'll see end of end of uh season three and they're like ah this was this was eh, like let me know I'll, I'll let you know if it's worth it season four and then they uh told us that like season four isn't even going to be released uh and that's what i heard i'm like all right so if it's not complete then it's not complete i'm not going to give it a shot until it came out on uh on netflix Mm. and it's just so different from atla um yeah. but it did answer a lot of things that like i not everything like zuko's mom but like a few, <laughs> other, <laughs> a few other things right like you have to read the comics for these like, apparently <laughs> i i always wondered like what would happen if there was a firebender mommy and an earth daddy and then all of a sudden like in the first season we get the brothers and i'm like all right that answers that but they can't get they can't get both but then one of them kind of did. Um, <laughs> this was, leads into a problem I have with bending genetics. Okay, you can only bend an element if you come from that yeah. ethnicity. What's, what's but the, like, what's the shouldn't, shouldn't Tenzin have the possibility of a waterbender because one of his parents was a, a waterbender? Yeah, I feel like that's true. I don't, I don't understand how genetics. Well, okay, so uh, putting my biology teacher hat. Uh, <laughs> I guess it would show that air 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 genetics would be dominant over water dominant. genetics. <laughs> They're I guess because we don't have it. There's a fire up in here. Freaking mad. That's true. Uh, uh, we were able to kids. Um, a hybrid bending form, where like you know how like Bolin or yeah, Bolin can lava bend. Mm-hmm. Is there like a water air crossover? That then would just be steam. <laughs> That'd be steam. Maybe that or like ATLA. Yeah. Ice. Ice. I'm thinking of Naruto for that one. Right. <laughs> Haku. Yeah. Well done. Well done. It was also That's another nice universe, but we'll go there. Other names, like throwback names and throwback voices. I was like, yes. Iroh? Wait a minute, but you sound like my American dragon. Uh, <laughs> mm. Dante? Yeah, it was nice hearing hearing Dante back there, but with the name of his uncle. It's very yeah. weird to me. As much as I love Dante and I love that he voices a character, it's weird to see him voicing another character Anyone in the same else show. <laughs> in the same universe. It's right. Weird. I feel that. That's another thing, too. There was a lot of, like, A-list actors giving their voices like to characters. There's, like, Aubrey Plaza. There's Aubrey. J.K. Yes. Simmons. Yes. There's... Oh, that's so, right. yeah, J.K. Simmons was Tenzin. 
So yeah, that, I recognize that really quick. Entire series. Nope. You had Aub- Aubrey Plaza as uh, what's the name of the kid again? Disney sister. Disney. 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 Okay, yeah, Disney. I always get Eska and Disney mixed up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yes, those, <laughs> those, yeah. mm. yes. You had Zelda Williams as Kuvira. Oh, yeah, Zelda Williams as Kuvira. <laughs> Daughter uh, of Robin Williams. Kuvira. Yes. Yep. Mm. So. Korra's the avatar in this series. Hence the name. How do you, um, the legend a lot of, of people Cabbage like Man. to compare yes. Aang's character development throughout the entire series compared to Korra's. Mm-hmm. So how, how was Korra's journey um, through the four, four books of the series um, differed from how Aang was trying to become a full-fledged avatar in the ALTA. Right. Um, so yeah, when I first watched the series, which was actually only the first season, because um Amon really freaked me out. Like bloodbending? No. So y'all <laughs> <laughs> got me messed up. But the first season, I was just like, if this bratty person do not get herself together and just listen to Tenzin, we would be <laughs> fine. But look where we are now. And like that's what happened to the second season. She thought Unilock was like, you know, combining the spirits and um humans, but then he had a different dark agenda, as you can see. And then um third and fourth, you kind of see that she's kind of evolving to her own person. She's not gonna fall for the like, you know, the next opinion that she she hears. But I think I just had a problem with her just being like you know, so indecisive. So how do I say this? So um, headstrong without like respecting her elders. Um, but then again, um, she, and you know, and I expected more from her because she was older. Uh, with Aang, she, he was like, what, 11, 12 or whatever. And so you get that. 112. Thing. Yes, thank you. That's 100. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> but you still, have that, you still have that spirit of a 12-year-old. And so I think I just like that playfulness of um, an avatar. Like, he still, he wanted to, like, visit the koi fish and do all of this stuff. Even though, hello, you have the Fire Nation to, like, deal with. But he was like, no, let's go to this nation and this temple and, you know, whatever, whatever. With Korra, it was just like, no, I want to do what I want kind of thing. And I was like, girl, we don't got time for this. But <laughs> sorry. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I was just kind of frustrated with her um, the first couple seasons because she couldn't get a grip of her her own sense. And I think she was just taking the I'm the avatar. Listen to me or else um, to a whole new level that I expected. But um, yeah. <laughs> And she did get humbled about that real quick, though, right? Oh, like yeah. when she went to Re- when she went to Republic City, and like yeah. they're like, "Oh, you're the Avatar." Yeah, no, we 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 don't care about that. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think we we compare her to Ang. Ang was like the very obvious is that Ang was an Avatar that did not want to be the Avatar, mm-hmm. and Korra is an Avatar that very much wanted wanted to be the Avatar. Ang was someone who was very peaceful, very spiritual, and Ang or Ang and Korra is someone who is no. not spiritual, <laughs> only wants to just like fight and stuff. Yeah, and it's, it's so funny when she like learns airbending for the first time. She's blasting out air blasts like they're fire. The ancient <laughs> like, relics. She had no respect. No she respect. did not care. It's funny because I, I I think of it as sort of kind of this is me kind of dipping my toes into sort of like uh, bringing the, this universe into what 
to use is all about is like I think of two very different kind of perspectives when it comes to sort of like ministry work, at least for, through what I've observed from people. I think of people who are like very much like they understand like that we are called to like hatred and to like follow Christ and stuff, but like they don't want to accept the difficulty of it or the responsibility of it. And so like they go off and do their own things like swim with the koi fish and stuff like that. But it's like the growing up of like trying to accept the responsibility of what you're supposed to do. And then there's a very core approach that they're the things that I, I want to do, but these are things I want to do. And it's kind of losing the sense of the connection to the spiritual, the connection to like God and what like it's actually for. And sort of just like, you know, like I, I sometimes see this like with people like, oh, like I'm, I'm so confident in my skills that these skills are not, blessings or these are not this is not responsibility endowed on me this is like what i can do this is the change i can mm. kind of but i don't know yeah core overall is just a lot more it's definitely more complex than atla right like uh like ian i also really enjoyed atla for the rewatchability right it's just so easy to watch it's a very simple plot there's an evil guy. You have to master off the elements. Beat the evil guy. Like it's it's a very <laughs> story. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. To Video game um, And each book was entitled after the element that uh, they had to uh, conquer, uh, so to speak. So for Korra, when that started, um, she already mastered by the age that they found out she was the Avatar. She mastered three of the four elements, seventy five percent right away, and made me feel so inferior. Like she was she was so good like that right away. Uh, but she had to conquer air. It took her some time. She destroyed some ancient relics and had no respect. <laughs> but the next of the books was really modeled after what did she have to conquer next, which was uh, which was the villains and all the different things that the villains stood for. And she really grew um, as a character. And sometimes it didn't feel like growth uh, because it wasn't <laughs> always progressive in the track that uh, us as like, uh, the viewer wanting to like root for uh, it got us frustrated a lot of times, but I think the beauty of that was it, it reminded me to give myself permission to also see those moments as growth, because I often find myself myself in a lot of those situations where I couldn't uh, conquer all of those, uh, those uh, concepts that these uh, yeah, that those villains represented and the way that she really wrestled through it uh it was it was a very human uh and i like the depth that they went for it didn't always hit with me some of the writing was kind of eh, and some of the plot devices <laughs> also kind of eh, it has a name like, come on now man there was potential for the boy there was the there girl. was but then they just you know it cora man <laughs> Let's just get into that. How? Because one of the big things was the shipping in in AOTA. <laughs> How was that in this series compared to AOTA? I don't. I don't care much for shipping, as you remember, if you remember my answer from the last one from, from the last Avatar episode. Yes. I was They're like, children. I went. Yeah, I was like, they are children. And then, right? Isn't isn't? I remember I was rewatching the early episode, and Tenzin goes. Promise me your teenager years years will not be like this. Yeah, so like, they're teenagers. Yep. These are still children, children to me. <laughs> this is now so no. Ian's demographic as a teacher. Yeah, <laughs> and it's my demographic as a teacher. I no, I, I ship nobody. 
And I tell them when I give when I give relationship advice, I tell my students, you do realize my first assumption is I pray and hope you break up. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah, we get it. Like, you know, relationships are not a high school thing. Yeah. So they all know. They all know that I hate high school relationships. And then I give them what advice I can. But it always gives them a little bit of like, hmm, does he really want us to like? Nice. like no, I always, I always work for your good. But anyway, so yeah, I, I don't, uh, if I ship anything, it is um, Pabu and the friendship with, um, with Naga. Uh, Naga. Naga. <laughs> Naga. Yes. Uh, Nalaga, right there. Or Nilaga. <laughs> That's what I always called it for me from back then. Nalaga. When you get a dog named Nilaga. Make that happen. <laughs> I think I can make my stance very simple is uh, how do I feel about the shipping in court? If we just did without it, the show would get like a, a half star higher on my scale. <laughs> okay, <laughs> dang. Like it would go from a 3.5 wow. to 4 wow. out of 5. <laughs> okay. I concur. Okay. <laughs> I just didn't care for it. I'm just happy for my boy Bolin. Uh, like that—that yes. that was my thing because like I got a heart for the for for the softies out there, and like Bolin is just such a fun-loving character. He um, he, he loves. I I see a lot of uh, I don't know because I I have a younger yourself. Brother. Oh, younger well, brother. Okay. It, it's the weird okay. thing because like it's kind of flipped where my brother is the cool one, even though he's the younger one, and then I'm the nice one that's just like. Hey, why can't we just can go along? Whatever. Yes. <laughs> I can relate to that. So, so your younger brother, your younger brother is Mako. Yeah, no, he's definitely a Mako with all of this writing included. But you know, he's working oh. because it's it's the afterworks that you, you don't see here in Korra. But my whoa, brother's whoa, whoa. doing better. I love you, Sean. You don't listen to this podcast anyway. So what's up, bro? <laughs> I'm just straight fire bending right now. <laughs> oh, oh. Straight fire. It's wow. just hot steam coming from this airbender lava. right now. It's fine. It's lava. It's not even fire. But I'm just happy bending. that my boy got got a nice girl. They had their they had their drama. They had their things, and rightfully so because yeah. my boy did some dumb things out of the goodness of his heart. But we really got to see the growth there too. That like being nice and submissive and trying to believe in something that is evil right it's not going to be good for you or for your loved ones and Boleyn learned that the hard way as he was able to uh you know reconnect with his girl opal who like comes from this clan of like very proud earthbenders origin of metal bending but like she ain't got no bending until she learned how to airbend and i'm like that's really cool i like the dynamic between the two of them because she wasn't she wasn't trying to mess around with Bolin after he messed up like that. He mm-hmm. had to earn it back. And I respected that from Opal. Let's get into the meat of... So one of the, the fun... Or, bleh, shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan, do the thing. <laughs> do the thing. I like that. I like that. Yes. Ethan, do the do thing. Do the thing. So... um. Legend of Korra has one one thing going for it though is that it has some very interesting multi-dimensional villains mm. in each of the different major arcs of the series. We mm. have Amon, we have Unalak, we have Zaheer, and then we have Kuvira. And they were they were all demonstrating um to Korra in their struggle like what would it be like to have a world without the avatar? So let's let's just go yeah. into like how how Korra and 
each of these villains had to, were struggling with each other throughout the series and what can how can we like see how how can we see what how that could bring like is reflected into our world and and stuff like that. So we mm. have Amon, the Equalists, the Noah Talk. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Who didn't live up to his namesake. His father named him Noah Talk. Like don't attack, but he did. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Wow. Wow. Okay. That, 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 uh... uh, wow. <laughs> that hit different. That was all right. Okay. And he attacked his daddy. Really poor poor Yakone. But then again, Yakone had it coming. Yes. Mm. That whole family. That whole family. Yeah. Hey, don't, don't attack mama. We ain't know nothing about mama. That's but true. I'm just, I'm just saying. Those like, boys, though. She, she fell in love. She fell in love with someone who had a different face. How was she supposed to know that he's a mobster from Republic City? You know, so we they ain't got to put nothing there. Spoilers, oh, by the way. Can you give us a little bit more like background as to like what what is what is Aman slash Noah talk like? What is his like yeah. philosophical view on things? So when we when we first encounter Equalists, um, mm. there there's this like protester who's trying to promote um, the anti-bending revolution because benders control basically the entire Avatar world and especially Republic City. The benders who are the the leaders of the government, they they control all the like major power in Republic City in the United Republic. And a lot of the the non-benders in the city were like getting really discontent with how the their their like status and position in in Republic City, especially since this was supposed to be a place where all people of all nations were supposed to be able to like be free, to be able to like prosper in their in their own way. Um, Amon gets a large following throughout that season. Um, more and more people start joining the clause, including Asami's father. <laughs> and um, they start, they're basically a terrorist organization that's trying to... Oh. Did you try to get... See I see. <laughs> <laughs> Why does that always happen? <laughs> but yeah, um... The Equalists uh, want to basically take down the Avatar and rid the world of bending. And their leader, Amon, has the unique ability to take bending from the benders. So he goes by one and by one, like showing off that he can take benders' powers away. He ends up like kidnapping like them in the hundreds, and then one by one, in like execution style, takes their bending from them. And apparently, uh, taking their bending is like a fate worse than death in Avatar. Yeah, I've made this yeah. comment before, where it's like it reminds me of the Joker smile in Batman the animated series, where like they can oh, kill wow. people, but they could give them a Joker smile, and I guess that's worse than death. <laughs> Oh, mm. I was thinking of the shame of removing a luchador's mask. Oh, that's oh <laughs> but so yeah, Jack Black um, wouldn't make it as an avatar. No, I, I think he could. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> get the corner of my face. <laughs> so how how can we unpack Amon as a villain and the 
the struggle that she has with Korra and the benders versus non-benders because it gets pretty like real <laughs> when when the rhetoric that they're having again the the benders versus non-benders right. and just the it, it ends up in an all-out civil war in Republic City. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, Amon felt like Syndrome for me. I know this is a totally different uh, universe, but like mm. Syndrome from The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. And the line that always stood out to me as a child is uh, because Syndrome uh, wanted to give everyone powers. And his mm. thing was because if everyone is super, then no yeah. one is. He really wanted to remove people's uh, uniqueness and individuality. And yeah, you can make an argument that um, everyone has a different unique power, but that's not the point we're making here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah with him feeling like uh syndrome it just felt like he um but then again he was also very different in the fact that he was a sleazeball and actually did have powers so i don't necessarily know how to feel about that anymore <laughs> he was trying to say hmm. or was it because he wanted to continue to take over i completely forgot that was season one y'all gotta forgive me well <laughs> It's yes, he's a hypocrite because he's a bender, but it's yes. also because he genuinely sees the evil in bending yes. because he was taught like blood bending. At early and age. he doesn't like yeah. the idea of bending in general because he was basically groomed by his father to be a weapon. Yes. So did he um, want to keep okay. his bending and have like a posse of benders to like enforce things or no, he wanted to rid the world of yeah. bending and then presumably not use his bending anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think because he's the only one he could blend with. Yeah. Yes. So it'd just be a world where everyone didn't bend, right. which would just be our world. <laughs> and that's the thing about the the villains and chorus that they were all they all had a lot more depth than uh fire lord phoenix whatever king lord guy Ozai. <laughs> like because some, some he, title exactly right check him in yeah, 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 luke skywalker like yeah because there's parts of it where there is kind of like that that killmonger effect where you can kind of side with parts and pieces of of the rhetoric of what mm-hmm. some of these guys are saying uh for mm-hmm. for all four um to a certain extent it's not a very far extent but i could see how some people could initially be like oh no he makes somewhat sense until he doesn't and then no one's Mm. on board with it no more right i think with amon i think he was trying to take away bending because um he like he like the rhetoric it's like the bending gives you all this power against um the non-benders and so he made it like a extreme versus like either you're a non-bender or bender and if you're a bender you're using it for evil because that's what he was taught in an Mm. early age but it's kind of like when people say money is the root of all evil you know that money itself is not the innate subject or paper thing it's not evil it's what you do with that you know object that makes it evil so with um amon's or amon's father it was like no you got to take it to the core you got to blood bend you got to take away these people's powers you got to you know um make them want to do what you want to do kind of thing but avatar she has all the powers um or she's a master of all the elements but you don't she doesn't she's not supposed to use it for the hey you're in my parking spot get out you know kind of thing like she's not supposed to use it for evil or she's not supposed to use it for selfish ways like the avatar was avatar was created to restore balance but i think in amon's eyes it was like no it's gonna create chaos let's just get rid of it all 
Um, and I don't know, I kind of disagree with, um, I don't know what you were guys saying, like, what was his, like, yeah, if he were to get rid of all the, the benders with his, their bending abilities, would he just be the last, like, would he reveal himself? Like, hey, I'm a bender, now I'm going to control the bending? Like, you know, like, what was his final, like, final thing if he ever got to that level? Or was it just be like, yep, I'm not a bender, but secretly I am, you know, like, what was his... uh like his goal after he gets rid of all the bending, he, supposedly he was going to put his you own know? thumb on his own forehead. Yeah, like right. listeners, Ian is actually. <laughs> yeah, you, can, you can't see this. It's like... He's straight up Rafiq in Mufasaing himself or yeah, yeah. Simbaing himself. <laughs> like I don't know. That's yeah. Going full like... Ash Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't do it to yourself. Do yourself, yeah. So I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, and it, it kind of parallels to like how um, you, the United Republic was kind of like be showing. Mm. We were kind of like joking about at the beginning of the podcast, late stage capitalism with Varric the epitome of yes. But we're dealing with like a huge like wealth disparity between the bending population and the non-bending population mm. in Republic City. So a lot of a lot of the writing was there was kind of like echoing back to like early pre-industrial society, well, like early industrial revolution where the stretch between the rich and the mm. poor was. So you, you kind of get that vibe with the anti-bending revolution. So um I don't know. I'm babbling. I kind of wish there was some more prominent character that didn't have bending that also didn't have the Batman effect, right? Where there is Asami. Yeah, she's part of Team Avatar. She doesn't have bending. Yeah, but she has the resources. She got the monies. She has the technology. Varric also very prominent, uh, but he has Julie and she could do all the things. And like, that's also uh, a high, like he also has access to a lot of resources because he's the richest man out there. He put Cabbage Core out of business and like, man, that sucked. Like I wanted retribution for the Cabbage Man and I was excited to see oh, the name. And then Corp. all of a sudden they ruined his, his legacy. His descendants had to suffer too. And I'm like, there was no retribution for my cabbage man. Like that's not, <laughs> sorry, that's that's a sad Yeah, note. you remind me of the biggest injustice in ALTA is that they took away Sokka's sword after that. Oh all my that, gosh, all that my heart gear, is still broken. I'm fading away. <laughs> Put him on the same level oh, as everyone man. else. Take it away. Anyway, but yes. enough about ALTA. How does Korra deal with Amon? with this oh man it's season one we gotta remember (laughs) (laughs) well first like she gets him to admit the truth right yes yes Yes. you have to show the honesty and Mm -hmm. you know sunlight being the the best disinfectant right like you bring it out into the open and you see his motives are flawed and you see that I mean and also like I am sympathetic to his, you know, uh, to where he's going. Like, I, I'm sympathetic mm-hmm. to Amon, uh, but, um, you know, nature makes us uh, with a bunch of inequalities on some level. We are equal in our, in our dignity, right? In our human dignity, equal before the law is what we strive for. We want to create a society where those who have more... Um, mm-hmm feel connected enough to those who don't have as much 
and will give to them freely or create uh, structures in which the everyone can get a, a fair shake in life, mm. right? Um, which is not the same as the radical egalitarianism that mm. I think mom was going for. Uh, let's take away all of your specialness, uh, which is actually, weirdly enough, the opposite of syndrome, because syndrome says, let's, have, let's make everyone special. Because if no, if everyone's special, no one is. No one's special. <laughs> no one's special. Yeah. Instead of giving, he's taking. Yeah, away. yeah, yeah. So he's like all for one. Then. Oh, okay. <laughs> Another universe. Gonna bring MIT into this. Let's go on to Unalak. Unalak's one is and Batu. is. Oh, yeah. oh, Lord, the, the anti. Anti. What's 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 Unalak's beef with the world now? So. Um, Amon's beef was that bending is the root of all evil and we must eradicate bending. What about Unua? I feel like I'm being schooled here. What is this? I was worried of responding right away uh, at the risk of being flamed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I love my. I love my my homies who uh, come from roots or still are uh, like very what, what's the word I say like traditional uh, mm -hmm. sorts uh, when it comes to the faith because one of the things that stood out to me from from uh, Unalak was his uh, early discrepancies with uh, his brother right being Korra's uh, father mm -hmm. uh, and they had very different approaches and and viewpoints to things right. Yeah. Uh, when it came to the festival, I forgot what that festival was called, but um, I could see how, because Unalak wanted nothing to do with it, right? We saw that Chorus, yeah. Chorus Dad was all about like, oh yeah, no, it's a great time to celebrate and to do this, this, and that, and it's a great tradition. But we later find out that that tradition, that festival was steeped in earlier tradition, right? It mm -hmm. was to uh, celebrate along with the spiritual world. And Unalak pointed out that like, why are you guys celebrating where the lights aren't even on here? Like where I'm from, where I'm uh, in, the, in the North, like north, the, yeah. the lights are, are on, they're dancing because of the spiritual balance. You guys have lost that balance because you have made, basically like you have made your own God, right? Like mm -hmm. the the festivals themselves weren't a bad thing, but like as time went on and tradition went on, like it lost its its ties to what it originally stood for, its original uh, ties to the spirit world, and Unalak uh, just really wanted that to be more more present, um, even if that meant like for you guys to accept, even those that don't believe whatever in the spiritual world and stuff, uh, I'm gonna get you to believe it because there's a dark side to this too. And mm -hmm. both sides are ever present. And to get you guys to believe in the, the reality of it, like then yeah, the dark side's gonna be ever present. <laughs> I think when I think of Unalak, this is the only way I can describe this is to reference another IP. So, <laughs> it's like, and we did that already with syndrome. <laughs> is like going back to the Full Metal uh, episode. <clears throat> is uh, in Full Metal Alchemist they talk about like two extremes: is blindly adhering to science and then blindly adhering to faith. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Unalak's more on the 
yeah. uh, leaning towards the spiritual. Father Canelo, well, the, he's like yeah. Father Canelo in the idea that he's like a radical religious reformer. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's what he strives to be, and he wants to basically kind of undo the whole like avatar thing by becoming an avatar mm -hmm. himself, which. Well, like anti-avatar. <laughs> yeah, basically the anti-avatar. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, I think we can kind of learn the same thing that we learned from that show mm -hmm. is just the idea of like blindly adhering to one thing and kind of not taking into account other perspectives is something that leads to self-destruction. We see him lose in the end. Which is such a shame because I feel like Vatu could have been like the big bad Amen. for the whole series. That's one of my <laughs> biggest things for all of yeah. the Legend of Korra. Yeah. Given like the how... lore of him. But I know. Okay, whatever. You're going to dig us straight <laughs> back good. to the first Avatar. Show us the rich history. What is the ultimate good, the ultimate bad. You give bad. them names and then you defeat yes. him at the end of the second season. When you know <laughs> apparently halfway through season one that you want... Mm. You want three more seasons, and that's how you're gonna let them write <laughs> right. season two by killing this big bad bottle. <laughs> right. I'm yeah, then what you have left are just people. People. <laughs> like, <laughs> basically, like the devil of Avatar. Basically. And then we just go to people. <laughs> I mean, yeah, one, you know, okay, he's a, you know, Zaheer can bend and whatever, but. Right. You you basically showed me yeah you're right you showed me the devil, yes, and it wasn't so bad. What core was going for to separate itself from ATLA right because uh, it really wanted to showcase the fact that like no people can be the solution but like a, a lot of the things like people are the issues and it's because yeah. we're not taking time to analyze or understand what people are, are saying or meeting them where they're at or, or whatever the case is right and that's yeah. why i feel like they kind of wrote it that way and we, we can go down into it later with zahir and kuvira but like it was they're they're all very human uh desires of what they had right their ideals were um to a certain extent, um, coming from a good place somewhere, um, but it was it, their their, their approach was flawed, and Unalak and Batu were were no different to that. Batu was just evil. <laughs> no, literally, it's that's all he was. Because I'm like, I'm rethinking what I said, but I was like, it's like, I don't know, like. Uh, radical religious reform is like the idea of like oh like like God is everything mm. right but like that's not necessarily what Ulak is is Ulak's more like I want to be God <laughs> which is also or I want to well he basically fused or like I want to replace God <laughs> right mm. I think that's yeah. probably oh, which is, more accurate there which 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 strangely enough is what the enemy father is doing in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> There's your circle there. Gee, they're both very wow, wow, good wow. to know. They're very similar show. But I'm also just like, how many times do we encounter people who kind of like want to take the universe and the world into their own hands? Like it's just based on what I believe or like what I'm in control of, and it's just like not about anything else. It's, it's interesting because you you have the progression, right? You have. Um, Aman, who the universe is in everybody's hands. Mm. Then you have, you know, Unalak is like the universe is in my hands. And then Zahir goes, yeah. no hands. 
That's funny. But then you get to Kuvira and it's not interesting anymore because it's back into my hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes Kuvira sound like the weakest. And to a certain extent, she objectively was too, as far as like power scaling, right? She she was the weakest comparatively. What? Yeah, no, I would say that she was weaker than Zaheer. I think I could say that. I don't know about Zaheer. Okay. Oh, oh, Sarah seems okay. All right, let's 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 go. Let's let's keep moving. <laughs> Zaheer crazy. That's all I know because he had I he, he had his whole he had a whole gang, and this gang wasn't like whatever. They were like the real deal. Like they had their own prison, and Top each prison tier. was like yes, it was so serious. Like one could bend lava, one like did explosions in her mind. The other one had no arms, literally like yeah. all water arms. I was yeah. like. What? She was a descendant could... of the Boomy. What, what was his name? The Boomy guy? Oh, dang it. Spiky Spiky Boomy. Yes. Is. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, as, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, as Zuko mentioned. But um, what's it called? And yeah, and then he could float like air or be the wind. Like, what was that? Uh, Guru Lahirma? La... Lahima, oh, yeah. Lahima. So I was like, <laughs> this dude, like, he, I think he was able to combine his spiritual world and like bending. And he was able to make like a team dis avatar or anti avatar, as you guys are saying. That's really what it is. And it's like a basically a anti team avatar. I was like, this dude is serious. Like, yeah. Um, and then that's how, um, like, spoiler alert, but this is how, like, uh, what's her name? Avatar Korra got like um, nightmares in like season four. Like, she couldn't be herself because she was like this close. You can't see this, but she was very close to like <laughs> losing her, her breath, like the Earth Queen, crazy Earth Queen there, but the power that Zaheer had was very like, I don't know. I think uh, someone told me, cause I just finished season two and someone told me like, Oh yeah, there's going to be someone worse than Amon. And I was like, what's worse than bloodbending. And I think she was referring to Zaheer and his little crew, but asphyxiation, um, oh, yeah. asphyxiation taking the at breath the same away. time. I don't know. I think bloodbending is the worst. Away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even listen to that song now. No, but yeah. Without having core level flashbacks of yeah. Zaheer, you listen to song, take my breath. <laughs> right? And it's like that orb of air. Yeah. No. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's worse, but I still think bedding is worse, but that's another tangent. But I want to yeah, know Zaheer. how bad Zaheer was. Like, because obviously he was the known leader, he was like the brains of the operation, but he yeah. wasn't a bender. Like, what did he do to have that level of? He was Robin. That <laughs> probably. Yes. Or maybe he was Sokka. He maybe he's just the plan guy. Don't ever <laughs> underestimate the plan guy. That's, mm, right. that's true. He clearly showed he could fight, like even without bending. Without bending, exactly. Yeah, no, Tenzin got. He was in prison. <laughs> yeah. He was muscular, oh, so he was just yeah. probably athletic. You know, I, I originally I was comparing him to like the Joker, but I see him more now. Like Zaheer's like Bane, basically. He just mm. yeah, mm. more accurately to Bane. Mm. <laughs> he just he just he, he just wanted like chaos, which is basically a world without God. Where it's just like yeah. God is everything. I want to be God. Then there's like no God. Right. No yeah, what does that mean when like natural order is disorder? No like what is that? Anarchy. Yeah. No, no political like, leaders. Yeah. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Like anybody. Can B- do basically, government is a cope. 
Government is mm. our way of coping with the, the natural disorder of the universe. And interesting. Um, which is how some people feel about religion, too. Which That's is so weird to so me because Zakir was that, the too. most spiritual besides Unalak. Like, right. Zakir was able to, or one could argue, even more spiritual than Unalak because he could enter the spirit world. Without Avatar had, or whatever, yeah. He had a coach, the Avatar herself, to be able to go into the spirit world. Spirit world so yep. for someone that doesn't want that level of, like, order, he had a whole lot of order. <laughs> <laughs> he had a plan. Yeah, no, they called him what? Red, Red Lotus, right? And I was the like, Red Lotus, that's Red right. Lotus, yes. do, mm, uh, yeah. I want to see that, like, that diversion when, like, White Lotus and Red Lotus went apart like did he fight iroh like what was going down like <laughs> what happened or did they just dip like what like uh, <laughs> i wanted to see that go down but, they just left the right ignition on the table he's like bye y'all i gotta go <laughs> yeah you don't like this yeah we're gonna get some tea and never come back <laughs> i don't know you look like you have a thought i don't know <laughs> I saw Ian's face and I thought he had. Well, a I was looking at you and I thought you had a thought. <laughs> I thought we all had thoughts. No thoughts. I have no <laughs> thoughts. No thoughts. I, I entered the void. No thoughts, no hands. <laughs> but then I, I think it's interesting that in the, in the kind of progression, when someone asserts, you know, the world is in no one's hands, someone strong enough is going to be like, it's in my hands again. Like, exactly. right? right? Like, yeah. anarchy paves the way for fascism or a dictator or something mm. someone with the That's will got someone with someone with the will to power mm. yeah yeah it reminds me i gotta reread i gotta read some nietzsche <laughs> yeah. Fair. i just feel like yeah i agree like i feel like it would just naturally lead to yep. and that's how earth empire happened because the whole Earth Kingdom was in disarray because somebody decided to suck the the air out of the Earth Queen's lungs. Oh, yeah. And it's not oh, like the Earth the Queen horrible. was that much better at it either, though, right? But hers was just more hers was more central, and mm-hmm. like she just wanted to keep it to uh, to bossing say, and mm. like continued that whole horrible thing again of using the the daily and daily oh my gosh it was nice to see them again like because i always enjoyed their fighting style and like the the animation the arts for it so that was that was cool to see them again but the fact that they're still serving some whack person in the earth kingdom like that hurts i'm like y'all are better mm. than this be better than this yeah <laughs> well that was the joke with when they were prepping for Prince Wu. Mm. And then... <laughs> oh, that boy. Kavir comes is like, none of this. Like, no. You gotta go. <laughs> Shut it Shut down, it down right, right now. Oh, Prince Wu. So how does Kavira, because the, the whole arc tries to portray her as like, really like match for match Korra's how do you say it's not really rival, but like, like personality wise and like strength wise, she matches up with Korra so well. Mm. It's scary, but in the direction that she takes it as um, leading this whole earth empire thing, conquering the entire, uh, trying to conquer all of, all of the, Earth Kingdom's lands and becoming and like even going after Republic City afterwards. 
It's just like she's on the power trip. <laughs> Jake Hall. <laughs> yeah, there were many things that I didn't like about Kuvira. Um, I think one of the more like immediate ones is like, uh, how do you phrase it? Like, it's obviously not right. Like we feel, we, we believe it's not right to rule people by fear, by force, mm. by lies. And like, uh, that what, like I said, was she just brought it outside the walls of bossing say, like she was like, all right, see need, fill need. And now I'm about to be that need or fill that need like all over the place. And mm. she limited, uh, she showed us like how, uh, that power, uh, when it's not, yeah. Cause half time supposed to keep balance. And she was trying to create her own balance, right? Create this whole new thing in her image. Uh, she could have stopped. Like, uh, oh, what's the name? Batar uh, was ready to settle, right? He didn't mm. need, he said, like, I don't need oh, yeah. uh, Ba say Like, we, we could just have e each other and each whatever other. else. Like, there was, you had everything else. But for Kuvir, it obviously wasn't enough. She said, she said the she words. She will never be satisfied. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Oh my gosh, all the callbacks. But yeah, no, she 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 sucks. Like she said, I love you. And like uh all, all that stuff ready to uh like just making them feel that like, oh yeah, no, she she loves me, she'll never do whatever, like we're gonna settle. And like once once I'm out of here, mom, like I I'm never gonna see you guys again. And the next thing he sees is his beloved, his fiance, aiming mm. the weapon that he designed Dying. that he yeah. put together pointed right at them and he was shell-shocked his whole world once again was just like i dedicated everything in the beginning to my family and to the city and for our future legacy and i wanted to build something new with with this new person here and to have everything in a particular order um and then she just threw it out the window she's so evil she she cut ties uh, for resources for yeah. for villages like that irritated the heck out of me. Mm. Yeah, he was shook. Batar was shook. Oh my god. But yeah. Um I was just mad that she took the spirit vines, like that tree or that tree of life, or what do you call that? That yes. I was like, really? I was You uh, were a no botanist. I was so mad. And like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And then it took the life of um you know, uh, Asami's dad, rest in peace, that, like, yeah, he had to sacrifice himself. Like, ah, y'all. <laughs> but what a redemption arc that was. It was. Can we talk <laughs> about it real quick? But yeah, no, yeah. seriously. It was, um, yeah, redemption, like, from Amon, and then you don't see him, and then he comes back, season four, um, yep. and he saved the day, but then he had to sacrifice himself, too, um, for the yep. greater good. Um, and he knew he had to do it for not only his, you know, obviously for Asami, but for the, the world, I guess, if you want to say. Letter aside, mm. um, we have Korra dealing with PTSD yes. from her fight with Zaheer. Mm. And it was so funny that the person who breaks her out of her PTSD. Say it, go ahead. Yes. <laughs> of all people. <laughs> I think do you know what do you know what uh Cora made me realize mm. is that I feel like Toph has always just been a crabby old lady yes. who is trapped in a little girl's body. Like I feel like that's why Oh yeah, so she's like, throughout yeah, her yeah. life. Yeah, for real. 
I feel that way. Her personality was always a cranky old lady. I, I feel like a cranky old man trapped in there. <laughs> now it feels like a cranky old body, but. <laughs> Earth bending, am I right? Yes, right. <laughs> I'm glad we were able to see Toph and see yes. Katara, even though like, and, and they played their roles well, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they they mentioned they paid homage to Sokka. We know that he was mm -hmm. in the he was part of the council, so I'm like, all right, that's cool. We were able to see some flashbacks of of Aang doing his thing, and I'm like, all right, like I I, I like that. But yeah, Zuko, at least Zuko's still alive. Yeah, yeah, oh Zico. yeah, that's true, and 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 him too, and like we were able to see like his his daughter, like. Cool, oh, yeah. I guess. Fire Lord, whatever her Fire name Lord. is. Izumi. Yeah. Izumi. Izumi. Izumi? Mm. Izumi Curtis. Okay. Uh, <laughs> again, FMA Brotherhood now people. We're in another... <laughs> the show in Full Metal is just the same yes. show, right? Right. Well, again, mirror, mirror, yin yang, right? Mirror, in a sense, like, kind of mm -hmm. like uh, you were I, 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 kind of circling back a little earlier, Kovira kind of being, she could match. Um, Cora, right? Or, blow for blow. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe on some level, again, same thing, the meaning of opposites, right? That mm -hmm. same power could be used either for good or for ill, right? We right. keep seeing that same, like, the power to change things. You could use it to protect and to build something and to, you know, or to spread fear, to spread your empire and your domain. Um, and it reminds me of that office quote, you know, would I rather be feared or loved? Easy. Mm. Both. <laughs> <laughs> I want them to fear how much they love me. That's hella funny. <laughs> you presented that so well. That's yeah. awesome. Yes. Oh, mm. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, you're, this is coming from the guy who thinks that the Empire from Star Wars did nothing wrong, but uh, but that's for another day. <laughs> Killing younglings. Oh, sorry. Mm. No, no, we're not. We're not. We're, we're not going to go into that now. No, I'm just. I think that's worth noting is that every villain in Korra mm. genuinely believed that what they were doing was right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes, in a twisted way, but yes. Ew. Yeah, yes. but like it was their it was their philosophical and spiritual and kind of like and their beliefs. Yeah. And, and they believed that they didn't need the Avatar. Like they didn't need the god of the Rava of their universe mm -hmm. to exist. It was either obsolete or it wasn't necessary or they can be the new one. Mm, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and it's interesting because in many ways, how does that even like reflect our own society today is the idea that we don't need God. Mm. We don't need mm -hmm. religion. We don't need spirituality. And, and we see all these, we see again, we see all these substitutes, right? Yeah, you yes. know, right. it's in everyone's hands. It's in my hands. It's in, it's in no hands. It's in, no, it's in my hands again. <laughs> no hands. No hands. No hands. No Sorry, hands. That just keeps coming. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was just me. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, oh no! I, there's the rest of that song, and I'm not going to sing that. No, right. no, 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 no. Um, so I'm just like, what can we mm -hmm, take from this? Is it like Sorry. <laughs> In our world today, we need our God just as they needed their avatar. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, that's the thing that also kind of confuses me about Korra. Yeah. Because she 
lost ties with all of the other uh, previous avatars. Avatars, but yeah. But she it was like a soft reboot of my TV when it's not working. Exactly. <laughs> so does that mean the next person only has access to her? And she, oh, she's just like, hey, hey. Uh, no, so there no. were like so many more before me, but you ain't got access to their wisdom. But you got me though. Can you and just start with I'm me? A, I'm a, I'm a legend. I mean, and, yeah, like, that, I mean that's sad. But in the sense of like, you have that whole tradition and it's gone. Oh, that kind of. You know, not to say that like it's, you can't start one. I mean, like the second Avatar ever had to deal with that. Right. Can you imagine being the second Avatar? And it's like, whoa, there's another person I'm talking with. And then after a while, it's like, oh, okay, we get it. Like, all right, I'm yeah. ten in, and I get like this. It, like it might, must have been tough following Peter being Linus, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, no, yeah. Right. yeah. Then exactly. Cletus, Anacletus. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, actually. Because that was the yeah, thing that, that confused me with Korra severing those ties. But then she was able to find Rav again. And Rav said that yeah. oh so cliche line that had to be said of I was inside you always or whatever the hell she said. Right. <laughs> so does that mean because they just didn't explore it deeper. But like, does that mean that she had <laughs> access? She, she gained access again to Aang and to everyone else. And they mm. just didn't flesh it out. Because she lost connection when she lost Rava, but then she got Rava back. So I don't know. I don't know. It could be like it was what that Matt's tree of life. It was never shown, right? She never read. Yeah. yeah, it was even in acquires like, that connection, right? Even like book four, it was really unclear what they were. Ah, clarity. Yes, clarity. None of that. A theme with Korra. <laughs> none of that. Well, there was none of that. You see in the story form like a, a like a straight up. I'm severing ties with the last thing. Mm-hmm. I'm literally severing ties with all the other past things, and now this is this is a new thing, um, which kind of shows us like an interesting idea of like what are we when severed from our context, when we're severed mm-hmm. from our tradition. I think we are yeah. diminished in some way. Yes. Um, yes, we can start something new, and that's kind of like that's the nice like feel good like. I'm an American. I can start something new, you know, kind of, yeah. I don't know why I said it like that, but like, <laughs> but we, you know, we come, especially coming from, I guess, our own Filipino cultures and looking mm. back at like, you know, grandparents, great grandparents, Lolos, Lolas, like, um, like a heritage. And then on some level, people try to be independent of it. Right. Like they'll, either they cut themselves from it or um, it's, it's like, it's like, in the spiritual sense that happens to Korra. And then in the broader plot points, everyone's trying to deal with that by severing the avatar, the concept of the avatar mm-hmm. from everything else. Yeah. Um, and it loses its depth and its richness as a result of that. Like I'm yeah. still thinking of like, yeah, that season two dynamic with the, the two Titos or dad and Tito from, uh, from uh what's called the north and south pole right of seeing the festival and seeing unalak talk about like the importance of Mm -hmm. the spirituality of it and like it really pulled at my heart for um having a desire for 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 both right like we we need both parts to be able to meet people where they're at in a language that they speak if like they speak joy through these celebrations like then meet them there but link it back to its its roots of of the lights and the spiritual thing that that represented um 
because like yeah that's that's what our, our lord was so so good at doing right he had the the knowledge he's he is god like he he has all of this uh whatever all of the all of the <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah he spoke to uh fishmen about the sea and farmers about seeds like he knew where to meet people where they're at but then tie it to richness and depth and so i'm kind of worried at this point where now that they're starting a new starting fresh yes it could still be good it could still be objectively good but is it not lacking something now Mm. so if you rewrote cora you'd give her back the connection is that what you did yes i i personally would because i I think that that would suck especially since the next person in line is going to be an earthbender or maybe that works for them because they're like all right that's just the way it is like i guess that there were people but now there's not i got you and here we go so maybe that works for an earthbender mentality but i I, I like that the the uh points that you were touching upon the idea of like it has to keep going back to like the spiritual Mm -hmm. and to me i feel like there's something very valuable to learn from there is like everything in our lives and everything in our world Mm -hmm. should still tie back to christ and it's i love it because it's like very much of what urban pixels mm-hmm. mission statement is and it's the idea of why we do this podcast in general is the idea that we want to take everything else in the world mm. and then tie it back to christ we want to even talk about something as mundane as talking about a cartoon on netflix oh, <laughs> this was not mundane <laughs> <laughs> they took cabbage core how is Sorry, that something oh extraordinary wow. Wow. let me rephrase that yeah. but truly extraordinary I'm still yeah. thinking about Hiroshi, if I'm being completely honest, because I was wanting some sort of uh, redemption arc in this uh, in this series, mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like right away. Like it, I was still waiting for my Mako redemption exactly. arc. Like, <laughs> season three, I already knew. I called no. it right there. Like Somebody I am to not, me that he's just not a scumbag in relationship. I'm right? not going to get redemption. At the end of season three and start of season four, I felt right away that like, all right, that's it. Like there's no hope for Mako, but where, where is some sort of redemption? redemption and it was yeah. through seeing like, uh, because we can see things from uh, Hiroshi Sato's uh, point of view also, right. Of like, it came from that genuine human hurt of, mm. of losing his, his wife. Yeah. And that triggered uh, a whole new change in his life where he genuinely loved his daughter and his daughter felt that his, her father ga- was giving her everything until like she she realized that like there is a basement and there is a tunnel and it goes deeper and dad has been planning all of these things and even when he tries to engage in dialogue with her at that time um he was just so lost in his own in in his own hurt that's been developing for all of those years that he couldn't see a way out of it for himself or even a need out of it for himself there was nothing wrong with his approach and then even when he uh, we see him next like on the, the that blimp or whatever right and he's still saying like oh i hope asami can forgive me like he's still in that mindset of like there's there's nothing wrong it took all four seasons. Maybe it's because the writers needed to find something else to write about. I don't know. But like they gave him an <laughs> opportunity <laughs> to be able to seek that connection. And they gave us a very human response from Asami of, no, <laughs> I don't want to reconnect with you. Like you tried doing all of this hurt and harm to people that I love and to the whole world. But then as she developed and as she started, um, 
And maybe it's because of her wounds from Mako that like, uh, no, I, I need something. I need, I need a deeper love than this. Like what was, uh, what was my first love? And for her, it was her father. And mm. like to be able to slowly reconnect with him, humanize him again, visiting him, playing Pai show in uh, the, the, uh, the prisons. And then in, oh, shoot. Ethan, do the thing. <laughs> we have very clearly established that we're Filipino. <laughs> it's been set off that event, too. I don't see yeah. as a problem. Which made me, when I was rereading, like, summaries, which made me kind of when I was trying to repronounce some of these names, because I forgot how to sound them. It's been a while. And I was like, yep. oh, uh, Vatu? Like, you know, I would pronounce every vowel. <laughs> yes. I feel that. I feel that. Uh, wait, what was I said? But, but yeah, it, it gave Hiroshi the opportunity to uh, reconnect with Asami. And Asami, uh, he, he never um, pushed boundaries with his daughter, which I thought was, was awesome showing it there that like um, you, you put the, the power in her hands. You know where you stand, what you believe. This is going to be the hill on which you die on. Like you, you know where you're at. Uh, but he was still present. He was still trying. He wasn't going to turn her away. And she gave them a shot and they, you know, they, they grew. And I was so excited to see like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Like with the relationship, is she going to have like kids or whatever? And like, is he going to be like the, the Lolo that they need? Is he going to be better? And like, they, they killed him. <laughs> oh no. But he did it for like what Sarah said earlier, like uh, for, for the world or for his daughter, like his daughter was his world, you know? So like he would have done it for her regardless uh, of uh, whatever else was going on outside. Uh, so I'm glad that we were able to see someone from season one that had like a very human uh, mindset that got twist. He got fixated on it was twisted and he he made it everything uh, was was able to find redemption. And I thought that was cool. I think a big theme that is prevalent throughout the series that you've kind of touched upon is like the Akora says it when she's like doing like the council meeting at the end of Maybe it's the beginning of season three, but it's like the idea that as the avatar, she has to like, like, or not as the avatar, but like, given what we experience and given how the world evolves and changes, we have to forge our own path. Mm. Kind of. mm. And like a big kind of theme, because it's even in the titles of the books, is just like spirits and then change. change. And it's just mm -hmm. like, how do we change our world? Mm -hmm. And I think it's also worth noting, because you were talking about Hiroshi's character arc, is the idea, like, how do we also channel what we've experienced, especially, like, the pain we've experienced? And how do we, how does what we, how do we choose to affect the world mm. reflect how we deal with that sort of pain? Because in many ways, there are many people who either want to hurt the world because they've experienced that sense of hurt, or they want to do without God. Or say they can do God's job better, much kind of like mm -hmm. here because they feel like God doesn't do His job mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. or we could do a better job, or we don't need God. Yeah. And I think that's something like worth taking from is that the idea of like looking that trying to bring a positive change in the world, mm -hmm. no matter what we've experienced, and kind of using the pain that we've experienced also to relate with those who've experienced that same kind of hurt, 
but also kind of meeting people where they're at, understanding them, understanding their thought process, their culture, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So that can come to a greater understanding of truth. Because that, yeah. that was the full circle thing for Cora when she really humanized Kuvir at the end. Mm. Like she yeah. straight up said that, like, I, I understand her and like all those things. And she fleshed out um, Kuvira's like past and history, like right in front of her when she was like in a weakened state and stuff. But Kuvira just had to um, humbly, well, she didn't have to humbly take, she she had no choice. I don't know. Ethan, I'm sorry. But like, uh, she just <laughs> listened to it, right? Because Cora was able to see her for, for who she was. She was able to psychoanalyze of like what she uh, didn't have as a child from the information that she received from, from Lynn and all of those things that like, um, it was understandable and something that I say a lot to, uh, to like my, my youth. Um, it's like some, something can be right, but, or something can be understandable, but it doesn't make it right. Mm. Um, and, and that's kind of the case for how Kuvir went about her whole thing of like, I see how you feel. Your feelings are valid, but you're being crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm going to need you to not do these particular things. Like what you feel yeah, no, that's real. Yeah. That's real. But like, we need to uh, go about this differently and better. Mm. She needed spiritual direction. <laughs> that, yeah, that gift, like um, explaining some, something can be explained, but mm -hmm. learning the explanation doesn't necessarily excuse it. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. I just want to mention the um, Aang or Tenzin's kids. Those I love them. My favorite, one of my favorite subplots, but Janora, if yes. I think her, but she a bad one. She, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she got into the spirit world without Tenzin. She got mm -hmm. her own arrows. I'm like, girl, go ahead. Sorry, am I crazy? Sarah Mackway. Um, and then I don't know how I felt, but I felt kind of lightened when she was like, because, you know, when it was like the big, what, um, when Vatu mixed in with a uh, Unilock and they were fighting that big giant, you know, in the giant, yeah, that giant core, that, that yeah. short. And then I was like, oh no, who's going to save, you know, because like, you know, you thought like she was winning and then da da da. And then, um, yeah, and then they're like, oh, find the light in the dark. And then it's like a spiritual um, Janora. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about this, but at the same time, I mean, I went with it. I was like, oh, the feels, like, yay, or whatever. <laughs> mm. I don't know how y'all feel that. about that. But, um, yeah. And I don't, I think it would be great. It's, I, I was really appreciative that they did, like, children, because cause mm -hmm. it wouldn't be right if it was bowling or some weird, you know, adult holding a light, you know? So I think um, one of the children doing it, um, you know, served its purpose. Um, and you know what Jesus said, it's about the children and that's how you get to the kingdom of heaven, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To be like yeah. children. Yeah. Like yeah. Yes. I mean, <laughs> even, even Milo, I guess, that oh, very okay. talented artist with flatulence <laughs> issues. Yes. <laughs> the fartest. He, the fartest. Art bending. Art bending. But he... Yeah, yeah. He, he struggles a little bit with pride. I, I love the dynamic of the kids. Yeah. And all of the families that were represented here, yes. I thought that they did a really good job with that. I think one of my favorite parts was uh, introducing Lola um, 
uh, of Mako oh, and Bolin. Mako and Bolin. Oh, <laughs> Bruh, like, I kid yeah, you yeah, not. I straight she up... was so devoted to the Earth Queen, even okay, though she was a terrible person. Aside from so that, and not just <laughs> to the Earth Queen, to the bloodline, because she was like worshiping Kid Wu even also. after she died, she couldn't leave the city without taking the picture of She's the like, Earth Queen. But aside from that craziness, I loved her so much. I straight up, like, I cried when oh. she when she found out that her son died. And like they're yeah. telling the stories and like she shared the the letter and it just got me thinking about like my Lolas and all these things. And like they had a very human moment. Like I didn't like many things about Mako's character and writing, but I love the fact that he gave his scarf to his Lola. Yes. Like yeah. that was awesome. Like that's one of the only things that I like about Mako at this point, but that's fine. <laughs> like you really cared about it. Like, I feel when, a title coming along. I'm sorry. Uh-oh. Yin, Yin, uh, Grandma Yin, like, took it away. It's like, no, you're going to ruin it, Naga. And then Naga just, like, sad. <laughs> I talked about this with Gam, and I was just like, the most accurate scene to Asian culture was that scene where they see their family for the first time. I'm like, this is a huge family that's living in poverty. I'm like, this just feels like a Filipino family. <laughs> oh, the, the realness. The real farm and family making produce, <laughs> like a lot of hands. Oh, just like, man, you don't like my produce? It's not good enough. <laughs> Who was the voice of that guy? He sounded hella familiar. Which guy? Of that cousin. Two? Oh, two. I, I liked him, though. He was funny. Going back to uh, Sarah's point, uh, I genuinely do uh, love like the whole arc of like Janora. And it's funny because like it's so fresh in my mind because I actually this past weekend had the opportunity to watch uh, Fatima. Mm. Beautiful. I highly recommend that film. Maybe we should do an episode on that. Yeah. How surprising would that be to do a Catholic film on this Catholic podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, I think of like, all like Mother Teresa quotes or like, I don't know if they're just like paraphrase of things that she said, but the idea of that, like the child is like closest mm. to God. And I think of like the story of Fatima and just like, I think of like, that's maybe like a way to kind of like rationalize Dinora's strong connection to the spirit. Yeah. yeah. Because like Tenzin was an adult, but he was so like very rigid about it and very like, I mean, he found more difficulty in it because he, I don't know, in a way he's like overthinking it and over kind of, but like, I don't know. I think of like the, the, the concept of needing a child like heart to reach the spiritual. Mm. And I think that's something that I took away from Jujunara, which I really loved. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Iki was having like middle child syndrome. I don't know. Straight I felt up. bad for her. Like, I loved her. <laughs> I felt so bad. And then she ended up finding the soldiers. Okay. <laughs> like venting to them even though she was their prisoner. And like <laughs> offering them the food. <laughs> but she found like the herd of bison in the other season. So cute. Yeah. I loved seeing the way that Tenzin approached like fathering all of his kids differently. Because oh, I love Tenzin. Me yeah. too. Tenzin? Tens out. Tenzin <laughs> is one of the reasons why I will definitely watch the rewatch the show. Like I mm. really, actually, yeah, I'm kind of redoing it again. Yeah, I really did like Tenzin as well. Yeah. Plus, I mean, he had some pretty cool moves for an Airbender. Like he had that little wheel thing. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes. 
But I love I love those memes people say about Tenzin, where they're just like, when you see Tenzin fight and he's about to lose, and then you're like, oh man, he's gonna go into the Avatar state, and then you forget that he's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh dang! Oh, dang! Living up to your father's expectations, you know. Right. Yeah. Damn. Well, that was the whole thing. Forgot about Boomy. Living up to his father. <laughs> Boomy. Oh my gosh, Boomy and Milo are some of my favorite characters too. <laughs> Boomy was something else, man, of like when he had, oh, I forgot what he was saying, of, mm-hmm. uh, because he was trying to be a rebel, and but he was also the military one. So it was so weird because he's so, he's supposed to be able to follow regiment and uh, yeah. respect order, this, this, and that. But he represented uh, the complete opposite of that, where he, he <laughs> was like, no, I'm not going to listen to my younger brother because of what, what whatever else. Mm-hmm. He was... Uh, but it was it was nice seeing Kuyu Bumi there and uh, what what's uh, what was Ate's name? Yeah, Atekaya. <laughs> seeing their sibling well, dynamic was really good too, and seeing the interplay of that with Tenzin's kids, uh, it, it really showed like which avenues uh, for for us in our day to day lives are we supposed to be able to be able to derive like learning experiences from like we can learn a whole lot from from the family dynamics of our parents mm. and how to uh how, how to grow there let's just throw a little curveball question at the end the next avatar in the cycle is earth give your elevator pitch for the next avatar story how dare you uh, why <laughs> okay Okay, so they find this kid, right, an earthbending kid, right? And so they realize, like, hey, you're the chosen one, okay? So they spend all this time, like, really crafting him uh, to be the chosen one. But he, you know, um, let's say that the Order of the White Lotus has kind of become like, degenerated. So they don't like love or they don't like any of that stuff. Uh, they become too rigid. And so what happens, well, I, I would posit that he falls in love with someone, all right? And then for fear of losing her... Right, he makes a deal with um, a dark lord of the Sith. Wait, this is <laughs> wait. He falls in love, but he better not be a teenager, though, Mister E. <laughs> um, well, I mean, in Star Wars, Anakin fell in love as like a ten-year-old. <laughs> exactly, but we know how you feel about avatars no, falling in love. Absolutely not. Which is which is why I think um, he's a late bloomer avatar. No, I think I think it'll. Well, I mean, I'm just pitching a story. It doesn't mean it, I, I don't think people should follow the example. Um, sorry, sorry. But uh, but then he apparently he also hates sand. He thinks it's coarse and it gets everywhere and wow, all that stuff. So yeah, I don't think I I, I think Lucas would either Disney or Lucas would uh, sue me. I forget it. Hold, hold me like you did in Naboo. Yeah. Different universe. I find this question interesting because I think of like there's a fan comic or series out there called like the Legend of Genji, Mm -hmm. which I think their pitch is. I I don't know if if I'm getting it correctly, but it's like the idea that the Avatar wasn't found by the Red Lotus or not the Red Lotus. The Red Lotus. I hope not. Different. The Avatar wasn't found <laughs> by the White Lotus, so they fake it because it's like a, this is post Korra, so it's the idea of like t- 
television and stuff like that. And like the idea of like, oh, well, the world needs an avatar. Otherwise, people are going to start asking questions. So they fake an avatar to take the place of basically they have someone bending for them. And then they're like, and then they have to f- discover where the real avatar is. I like but that. That's not my pitch, but I was just like, this is what this question makes me think of. I like but that. What I've always thought would be an interesting pitch, I, does, it's not super unique because I know many people have thought of this before, but I want an avatar series where the avatar is the antagonist. Ooh. Because oh. I feel like there have been, yeah, I feel like we've played out that the Avatar is the hero. Mm. So I would love a series where, let, let's, let's just throw it this way. The main character is not the Avatar. The main character is not even a bender. Let's just make them a regular person. What? <laughs> where they're trying to gather a team of people to stop the Avatar because the Avatar accepted their power, but they didn't want to accept the responsibility of bringing balance to the world they were like no like because i feel like one of the things we've drawn upon in the series is that the avatar is fallible because mm-hmm. Of mm-hmm. <laughs> i know we've made a lot of connections between like the avatar being very similar to like yeah. a godlike figure in that but this is going completely off of that right now <laughs> but like leaning into like the avatar is a human being mm. so what if the, that human being said yes i am the avatar and i'm going to use this power for myself instead of for others <laughs> you know if, if you waited long enough for my pitch it would have ended up with that i think for me it would be like a combination of all of you guys I'm just kidding, but i think um I think it should be like a King David thing. They think it's like the the oldest or the tallest or whoever, but it's actually the youngest and the one that's like working in the yard, right? But they're like, no, it's the oldest. I think maybe the White Lotus had a fallacy or whatever, or maybe they thought it was this person. And then Rava was like, I'm inside this person, but I don't feel it. And then Rava transfers to the younger person or to to the younger brother. But then the older one still has Rava inside him or whatever. And so they fight. There's two. The two avatars. brothers fight and see in the spirit world or whatever world they want to have who's going to be the one. And do then, they do they bend two elements each? <laughs> oh, that would be crazy. Oh yeah, it'd be like some pro bending stuff. Or <laughs> no, just kidding. No, that'd be kind of cheesy. But yeah, whatever field they want to fight in, or yeah. Um, and then they have to have te- like teammates too, or like their own avatar team. And then whoever fights against the the end is the team avatar that leads. For the next ten thousand years. Okay, bye. <laughs> That's my avatar. Here, just combine it all. But yeah. We'll bring back the devil. Bring back. I think it'd be interesting if there was like the late bloomer avatar, mm-hmm. right? Oh. If it came because of how. Uh, this universe progresses there's all these new types of bending right and all of a sudden Mm. now there's metal bending you did have the uh, swamp benders and the mud bending stuff with Toph and Katara at the drill in ATLA but like here we had like lava bending there's Mm. all these other like uh, fusions of sorts right so if the what if the next avatar since they're supposed to be like earth bending primarily or whatever if they didn't start with pure earth, if they started doing a combination already of doing lava because they were born on like the uh, Crescent Island thing with the volcanoes and stuff. So they thought that he was just like a regular, he's like, oh, he comes, he's a descendant of both earthbenders and firebenders. Mm -hmm. This ain't nothing new and special. So they don't cultivate it until like he gets into a fight or whatever. I don't know. And then the other elements like pure water 
comes about. Or maybe the airbenders are the ones who uh, lose control this time around when they're like, I don't like Tenzin's teachings. And now we're going to go around suffocating people or like air slicing people. And like they become a different type. They're like the Fire Nation in that sense from ATLA. And they become that. And it's now the waterbenders that are 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 uh who are being targeted for whatever reason because like why do you have access to both uh portals of of the spirit world uh so the airbenders try and do that and it wasn't until this guy comes out of nowhere and they're like yeah he used water bending instead of lava and they're like that's not what you typically do and they realize he's the avatar but it's too late and then the series ends because of bad writing <laughs> i'm done like so you shut like down it. your own pitch and that's my pitch we're all varic in this right here making or, or, what if like they make war on the spirit world Ooh. and they try to like like let's fully subjugate it and make it all science now oh mm. that yeah well that's that's a long season. Or, or find the find the lion turtles that from the from the origins of Ben. There you go. Who gave the the elemental powers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you take out somehow, somehow you find a way to take out one of those behemoths. Uh, what would happen if only Earth bending was left? I don't know. <laughs> that yes. Sounds like a No bending. Yes. Very get at us. We got all the. <laughs> All the storylines. I wish I remembered that Varric thing. I would have said my pitch with my head upside down. Oh, yeah, I know. You should have given us time to, to do Eat that spicy first. food. <laughs> we would have made the best mover the world has ever seen. Yes. yes. It would have been amazing. Mako would be the star. No. But is it Bolin who's playing uh, Nuktuk Nuk-tuk? playing Bolin, or is it Nuktuk who is Bolin playing <laughs> Mako who is Bolin? I can't. I can't end this, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Ethan, do your uh, thing. Yeah. I'm so sorry, y'all. There's no, the, we, we, when you today. started going to that, is it this, this? And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like that now? It'd be like that. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to our journey through the Avatar universe. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, uh, our, our guest, would you like to shout out any of your stuff going on? Oh man, I am so trained. I thought you were pointing at me saying like, our guest, can you lead us in closing prayer? <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, hey, um, my name is Aaron Santos. You can follow me on Instagram at Aaron Has Faith if you want to. I post covers and original songs occasionally. Uh, I also do the intros, as we mentioned earlier, for Famine Fed, the sister podcast for the um, Urban Picks umbrella and family. So give them a listen. It's hosted by Father Raj Deravera and Cecilia Flores. They have a beautiful dynamic and uh, talk about food and faith. So if you want to be able to hear my annoying voice doing some fun little <laughs> intros that I don't write, I do not write. I just read what I'm given and I do my best. Uh, then you can follow us over there at famine fed short for famished and fed sometimes we refer to it as family but regardless follow, give them a follow on instagram send them emails father raj wants them emails and you can find all of that information at urbanpicks.whatever ethan says at the end <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, wow. <laughs> you were so close. Everypix.com? <laughs> I wasn't sure if there was a backslash, whatever. I, I've had so many meetings. Ethan, do the thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sarah, you want to promote any of your stuff? Or... Sure. Can I say hey, Sarah Mack, or what? Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's your girl, Sarah Mack. You can follow me on Instagram at It's Mac, Twitter as well. Um, I also have a YouTube page. We, I talk about the sacraments, uh, seven sacraments of the Catholic Church at MacShorty28. Don't judge me. Um, yeah, I'm very friendly. Add me, is follow me, Instagram me, whatever the term is. Yes, alrighty. Thank you so much for listening. And um, we hope to li- you guys listen to us soon. Um, until then, I'm Mark. I'm Matt. I'm Ian. I'm Aaron. I'm Sarah Mac. And Ethan, do the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Truly Universal is a production of Urban Picks, All Things to All. Theme song by Demi Guevara. Audio production by Ethan Coe. And outro song by Chris Kabilis. You can find all of our content on our website, www.urbanpicks.com slash trulyuniversal. Please like and subscribe to us on wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to contact us, send us an email at trulyuniversal at urbanpicks.com. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.